0: So, by the time you guys watch this, it'll be the week of essentially the 18th, but it'll be the week that will celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the one, the only, WWE or WWF Invasion pay-per-view. Basically, the literal kickoff point, if you will, to the entire Invasion storyline, which began and had promise month prior. I mean, as we all know, in March of 2021, basically after Greed, about a week or two after the final WCW pay-per-view Greed, uh, Shane McMahon showed up on Nitro and in story had bought WCW from under his father's uh, nose and thus was going to use WCW to go against WWE or WWF once again. Now, The whole background on, you know, what WWF was going to do, you know, legitimately, not just from a story perspective, but legitimately behind the scenes, is it's kind of complicated, if not a little unique to hear and interesting. Because when you hear the details, you kind of think to yourself, really? So WWF was going to give them this time slot while they took the other? You know, it didn't really make sense, right? Or it wouldn't really make sense, you know, once you heard it. And what I'm talking about is the initial plan was that WWF was considering and meeting up and thinking about, if not getting close to finalizing, that WCW would acquire Raw. WCW would basically take over Raw, and Raw would go from being WWF to WCW, but under the WWF banner. But they would be, you know, their own separate entity. In other words, they would still be like their own promotion, their own organization, but under the WWE or WWF, you know, household, you know, the branding, if you will, copyrights and all that. Well, WWF would take over SmackDown. And the initial plan was, I should say, to eventually build to an interpromotional event to take the best of WWF against the best of WCW, to see who is indeed the better promotion. And they were on the verge of doing that. They were obviously seemed to be on the verge of doing that. Uh, as a matter of fact, they actually tested out a couple of events. House shows, if not, as well as Monday Night Raw. You know, they tested out several of those events to see how the audience of WWF um, would accept WCW um, into their arms. And let's just say that the house shows, from what I understand, they did all right. I, I, here's the thing. I don't really know if I read this correctly or not. But I read somewhere that before the Raw that you know was main evented by a WCW match. That before that Raw in Tacoma, Washington. That they actually ran as a testing ground, uh, an actual live event of WCW, you know, in the Seattle uh, region, or the Tacoma-Seattle region. So I don't know if that, you know, if I read that right, or it just you know, it was main invented by a WCW thing, I don't know. But I know that there was something WCW-related uh, that happened before the Raw event in Tacoma. And long story short, um they decided to use Tacoma Washington as the place to uh test out having WCW on WWF programming and they tested this out by having uh Buff Bagwell challenge Booker T for the WCW championship now before this I think it was revealed before this that w that uh what I'm trying to say is before this, it was revealed that uh, DDP Diamond Dallas Page in storyline had been stalking uh, the Undertaker's uh, wife at that time, Sarah. So, you know, you know. So basically, so basically, DDP was like the first. Well, he wasn't the first uh, first star, if you will, but he was like one of the first big names of WCW. To you know, make their presence really known. To get themselves thoroughly involved with the WWF and some of its major players. The first one, actually, when you really think about it, was Lance Storm. Lance Storm was the first. He came out of the crowd. He super kicked Saturn and then ran off. The next one after that was Hugh Morris. And then the one that followed was Stacy Kiebler, and so on and so forth. So, anyway, this all was building to the inevitable debut of Booker T. Now, they had already planted the seeds, um, you know, for Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare, when they showed up, you know, in Madison Square Garden, to, or they showed up prior, Madison, yeah, basically Madison Square Garden, they had planted the seeds there. And they were already testing how fans will react to WCW talent, you know, beating or at least getting involved, like I said, with DDP in some major WWE uh, situations. Like one of the things they had happen in MSG was Mike Awesome winning the Hardcore Title, being the first being the first WCW talent to win a non-WCW championship. So they had this all, you know, going on and building up. To the inevitable debut of Booker T at the King of the Ring. Now, they had Booker debut there. And then they had Booker kind of, I think the following week, show up in Madison Square Garden. And axe kick attack Vince McMahon. Now, this all led to a situation where Linda basically challenged Vince. Now, this was, now the reason Linda got involved, Linda McMahon, Vince's wife. Is Linda, prior to this in storyline, was in a comatose state, but come WrestleMania 17, it was revealed that she was no longer in that comatose state because what kept her in there was certain medication what kept her in that state, I should say, was certain medications. But a plan was done between or made between Shane, Trish, and Linda between Shane and Trish and Linda to get her involved to basically get off off the meds. And basically back, you know, to her status as the CEO. So on an addition of I think it was Raw, she challenged Vince in his manhood. Basically saying, Are you afraid of competition? Are you afraid? And Vince basically agreed, He finally, after being basically tricked into it, basically being, you know, you know, having his bluff, I should say, call uh, called by Linda. Vince said, No, I'm not afraid. So, Vince agreed, okay, fine. Next week, or in two weeks, or whatever it was, WCW can have a slot on Raw. They can have the main event slot. I think that's what he said, something along those lines. Anyway, anyway. long story short, uh, Vince, so long story short, I should say, we get to Tacoma, Washington. We get to that edition of, you know, WC, of Monday Night Raw, and for a majority of Raw that night, everything was WWF until the main event. That's when, you know, things changed. The apron changed. The, the lighting and everything changed. The announce team changed. You know, so on and so forth. Basically giving it that classic, familiar WCW feel. And it was Buff Bagwell taking on, like, like I said, it was Buff Bagwell taking on Booker T for the championship. Well, this match, we'll put it this way. Even though the fans were into the whole, here comes another WCW talent, you know, a surprise appearance. You know, basically that random surprise kind of feel like you didn't expect this, you didn't expect that. You know, even though fans were into that, they were not into this. They were not into this because this was not the traditional uh, WWF uh, wrestling as they got to know it or they got used to. Instead, this was completely different. This was the WCW style, and the fans, from what I understand and looking back on it, let them hear it. The fans let WC let um, you know WCW. They let Booker T. They let Buff Bagwell. They let the WWF pretty much hear it, and know that they did not like this. And the match itself, I thought was okay, but it was a little clunky here and there, and it did end in a no contest when Austin and Angle uh, interfered on behalf of the WWF and attacked both Buff and Booker and threw them literally out of the arena. Now, this led basically to uh, a lot of the WCW talent starting to slowly and seemingly look like turning on Shane. Like, you know, they started to kind of second guess, you know, him being the new boss. And what happened is it turned out to be all a ruse because basically uh, Shane, um, uh, Shane basically turned heel is what he did. He turned heel because what happened is, on an additional SmackDown, he had stopped. Um, he was attempting to stop, or at least it looked like he was attempting to stop, DDP and what he was doing, and DDP had hit him with a chair or something like that. So that set up uh, this street fight between DDP and Shane, and Shane was acting like he didn't, he didn't like what DDT, DDP was doing. He didn't like what Paige was doing in storyline. So, what happened is Shane put himself in a match against DDP on Raw. And, obviously, knowing in storyline that Undertaker would be like, wait a minute, it's no disqualification, you know, you know, DDP will probably kick Shane's butt, let me go in there and take care of it for Shane, right? So, basically, to get to the point, Shane turns heel when the Undertaker volunteers to help out, not knowing that it's a trap. Not knowing it's a trap. And on that night, on that edition of Raw, we find out that everything was coming to fruition. Everything was coming into fruition. And we find out that this entire thing was nothing more than a master plan set up. Not by Shane McMahon. Oh, no, 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 no. Because we think it's Shane. And then later on we think it's Stephanie McMahon who gets revealed as the new owner of ECW. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not them. Because throughout this invasion storyline, we find out that the real person behind it is Paul Heyman. That's right. It was Paul Heyman um, that got to Shane, that got to Stephanie, convinced him to do this stuff. Because Paul Heyman in storyline, and this even was evident in his, uh, work, in his uh, shoot promo uh, that he did on the Smackdown before the winner-take-all edition of Survivor Series. Paul Heyman was upset. He was ticked off, you know, at the fact that Vince had forced him out of business. That Vince basically took his talent, like the Dudleys and Taz and several others, and brought them over to WWF and left him with almost nothing. And not, basically, he was just upset at the fact that he blamed WWF for causing ECW to go out of business. And that his main goal was to get, you know, uh, basically to get wrestling back. To get wrestling back like we saw in ECW and WCW. So, anyway, around this time, uh, 20 years ago, was the Invasion pay-per-view. Now, at first, the Invasion pay-per-view was just going to be WCW, WWF. You know, and obviously, I think the original plan was that WCW was going to win, and as part of the victory, they were going to get Monday Night Raw as their own program. That, I think, was the original plan. I believe that was the original plan. But because of the, but because of what happened in Tacoma, Washington, with the negative reception of Booker T and Buff Bagwell, Vince scrapped the entire idea, you know, got together with everybody and decided, okay, nope, it's not going to work. We need to do something else, and they went with WCW being a heel stable. The, the WCW, and then later on ECW, the Coalition, the Alliance becoming a heel stable. They went with that because, you know, it would make it easier for fans to get behind the WWF, and you know, you know, uh, and basically pay to attend pay and attend, as well as watch, uh, on television, the WWE attempt to basically finally demolish WCW and ECW. But of course, if you're going to basically start... one One thing, before I say anything, one thing I will give WWE credit for at this time, is they knew that if you're going to create a new heel faction that basically consists of various superstars, men and women... Of these two companies. If you're going to create a faction. And you're going to get behind it. Before you literally. you know, Put it to pasture. You need to start it off hot. And that's what they did. They started it off hot. By having the alliance. Win the inaugural brawl. Basically win the invasion pay per view. Um, if you will. By one point. By one match. When they had Austin turn heel. Against WWF. And. You know, from there, it was kind of like back and forth. Like, victories were being traded and everything. And in the end, of course, WWF, as we all know, come November of 2001, at Survivor Series, ended up winning. And then the next night, everything kind of went back to status quo, as, you know, fans were used to. But when fans look back at the Invasion storyline, and they look back at the Invasion pay-per-view itself, they see a lot of potential that was lost, a lot of things that could have been held off until WrestleMania 18 the following year. I mean, even Jim Cornette a couple of years ago, uh, doing a um, one of his various interviews or get-togethers for K for RF Video or K-Fab, uh Network or whatever or whatever it's called, you know, one of his classic shoots, even booked what he would consider. A WWF versus WCW WrestleMania card, as it would have been in his point of view, from his point of view. But yeah, it was, But yeah, the potential everybody saw with it was it was there, and again, this is potential that they could that they were hoping would have been saved for the following Mania. But the problem was the problem was that the fans in Tacoma, Washington, didn't really help anything when they basically booed the WCW main event. But on top of that, it wasn't just the fans in Tacoma. It was TNN. TNN was the broadcast uh, network for WWF uh, Raw that year. Oh, not that year, but for that time up till 2005. They were the new home, you know, as of 2000, you know, the pro- the previous year. And they had let it be known to WWF uh, that they did not want WCW programming because when WWF when the people at WWF like Vince and, and Shane and a few others and Linda I believe presented the idea that hey Raw is going to be a WCW program you know very soon TNN basically said no we don't want nothing to do with that and even when they presented other various ways of presenting WCW on their network TNN didn't want nothing to do with it because they saw what happened with TNT. They saw that basically TNT and Warner Media at that time, those in charge there, didn't want wrestling. They saw that it was also losing money, and they said, why would we want something that lost a lot of money? Why would we want something that another network, one that's bigger than us, didn't want anymore? So, you know, that, combined with some of the fans' reactions in Tacoma and other places, basically caused WWF and the booking team to have to scrap all the ideas. You know, to basically scrap the all all the ideas that they had, including a potential WrestleMania uh blow-off event, you know, at WrestleMania 18 the following year. It caused them to scrap all of that. And thus we ended up getting an invasion storyline that had the potential to be good, but over time fell off the rails. Because throughout throughout those months, throughout June to November, you started seeing the alliance consisting of not just, you know, WCW uh, stars, uh, you know, young stars that were part of WCW from, like, late 99 to the end of the company. Oh, I've been, oh, I'd been there since about, let's say, 97 to the end of the company. You know, not only did you have, you know, those, those talents under the wing you know, under the WCW banner, you know, as well as you had RVD and Tommy Dreamer as two of the ECW guys, along with the WWE stars that were part of that. But you also started incorporating talents like Test, Christian, Ivory, Regal, you know, you started incorporating them into the uh, WCW uh, WCW uh, brand of the Alliance, of the Coalition. You started to do that. And it's like, why would you do that? And mean. Why would you do that? Why would you find it necessary to do that? It didn't make sense, but it's mainly because of the fact that there was no star power apparently in the eyes of Vince to help the alliance go any further. If if you catch my drift, I mean, when Christian turned against Edge, you're like, okay, Christian's a heel now. You know, as part of W, you know, Christian's a heel now as part of WWE or WWF. You know, he's still Team WWF, right? Nope. To solidify his heel him, what did they do? They had him join the alliance. You know, it's like it's like it didn't make sense. It's like wait a minute. So when someone turns heel, you know, at that time they're going to join the alliance. Again, it didn't really make any sense. But yeah, it just started to fall off the rails when that when those kind of insertions of stars into the coalition into the alliance started to happen, and it really started to become more apparent. Basically, when as we got towards November, we got towards Survivor Series that, yeah, WCW, ECW, they were pretty much, you know, dead on arrival when it came to that event. I mean, the moment, because here's the thing, the moment they had Kurt Angle turn against WWF, you knew something was up. You're like, wait a minute, this guy was part of Team WWF from the beginning and now he wants to be on WCW's side? It really didn't make any sense. It really didn't make any sense, and then we find out why he was on WCW's side, if you know what I mean. But yeah, when you look back at this Invasion pay-per-view and everything that I just talked about, this Invasion pay-per-view was really the kickoff point to all that happening. But here's the thing, this Invasion pay-per-view was going to apparently be completely different Had not the not only some of the not only the fans in Tacoma, but mostly TNN, not reacted the way they did, then this pay-per-view 20 years ago would have been completely different. It would have been completely different, and we would have had a WCW Raw and a WWF SmackDown building towards something at Survivor Series, and then maybe later on WrestleMania. But because of the fact that TNN's like, no, we don't want none of that crap. Forget it. You know, and the fans being like, "We don't like this. This isn't all wrestling." Because of that, you know, things changed, and they changed from what a lot of people would sit, tell you. They changed for the worse. It really did. But yeah, 20 years ago, with 20 years ago, the Invasion pay-per-view is what really, in my opinion, kicked off everything that the Invasion storyline was about. What some people loved about it. And what a lot of people didn't love about it. But what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts looking back on the invasion angle at this time frame 20 years ago? How did you feel about it? Comment in the live chat during the premiere. As well as in the comment section below. And I'll talk to y'all later.